This is Small Town Theologian. I'm your host, Reverend Jonathan Shirk, recording Reformed Theology for your comfort from my walk-in closet office in the small town of Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Comfort for Your Soul is released every Thursday. Please consider subscribing and rating the show, which helps people find the podcast. May your life be shaped by what you learn. You've probably seen it on signs or t-shirts or stickers. Love is love. It's the slogan of the LGBTQIA community. This little slogan reveals our culture's confusion about love. First, as a kid, I was taught not to define a word with the word itself. Doing this is called a circular definition. What is the Heidelberg Catechism? Well, it's a catechism from Heidelberg. That's not all that enlightening or helpful. Love is love is unhelpful in part because it's a circular definition. Second, love is love is like many modern praise songs. It's vague and assumes that people rightly understand love. However, people don't understand what true love is. Therefore, love is love is pretty vague. Circular definitions can sometimes be thought-provoking and helpful if people know the precise meanings of the words. Since most people are confused about love because they don't know God and haven't experienced his love in Christ, love is love is at the very least unhelpful. Third, I'm struck by how the phrase love is love communicates bold-faced godlessness. Apart from its meaning, this statement smacks of rebellion against God. What do I mean? Love is love sounds a lot like a familiar Bible verse. The Bible says God is love. Do you think it's coincidental that in the slogan, love is love, love replaces God. Love itself becomes the absolute which replaces God. Love is love inherently argues that love is not defined by God or understood by knowing God, but that love defines itself and is understood however you choose to understand it. Love is love is relativism at its best. God and love are distinct but inseparable terms. Though it is true that God is love, it wouldn't be true to reverse it and say love is God. God and love are not synonyms. We can only begin to understand love when we begin to know God. The Apostle John wrote to the church, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know, uh, does not love, does not know God, because God is love. John made this point clear. Love is not whatever you consider it to be. Love's origin is God. To know love, one must know God who is love. When a person knows God, they begin to accept by faith God's definition of love, and therein they begin to truly understand love. When a person rejects God, they also reject God's definition of love and come to accept their own idolatrous version of love, which isn't love at all. When people hear the word law... They usually don't think of love and vice versa, right? The, the young man looks into his fiance's eyes and says, I love you so much. I doubt she's thinking of God's law. However, maybe she should be. Uh, see, God's law defines true love for us. If we don't know the Ten Commandments, we certainly don't know true love. The Bible says, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, and love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
God's moral law summarized in the Ten Commandments defines true love. It gives us the specifics of how to love. Sure, 1 Corinthians 13 is often the go-to text on love, but while 1 Corinthians 13 expresses the spirit of the law, the Ten Commandments give specifics as to how to be patient, kind, and so forth. The Heidelberg Catechism talks about God's law in both the guilt and gratitude sections. God's law reveals to us our great sin and misery. The guilt section doesn't list the Ten Commandments. However, it does give Jesus' summary of the Ten Commandments from Matthew 22. Only later in the gratitude section, in 92, does the Heidelberg give the Ten Commandments. The gratitude section explains how believers live by God's grace in response to God's grace. 92 defines good works. It defines true love, which the grace and Holy Spirit of God produce in us through faith. Heidelberg 92 simply quotes scripture. Read the law in Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5. Heidelberg 93 then explains that the moral law comes in two parts. The first four commandments explain how we are to love God or live in relation to God. The last six commandments explain how we are to love others or explain what duties we owe our neighbor. I want to focus on Heidelberg 94 and 95. Heidelberg 94 says, What does the Lord require in the first commandment? That for the sake of my very salvation, I avoid and flee all idolatry, witchcraft, superstition, and prayer to saints or to other creatures. Further, that I rightly come to know the only true God, trust in him alone, submit to him with all humility and patience, expect all good from him only, and love, fear, and honor him with all my heart. In short, that I forsake all creatures rather than do the least thing against his will. Now, you'll notice that answer involves putting certain negative things off and putting certain positive things on. This coincides with Heidelberg 88 through 90, which talk about putting the old nature to death and the coming to life of the new nature. Each of the Ten Commandments tells us something to put off or put to death and something to put on or something that needs to come to life in us. Loving God includes putting idolatry to death. Heidelberg uh, 95 defines idolatry as having or inventing something in which to put our trust instead of or in addition to the only true God who has revealed himself in his word. We don't love God when we trust in anything else. We, We must not trust, adore, praise, worship, venerate, love, or serve anything but God. It must not be God plus this or God in addition to that. It must be God alone upon whom we depend. Love begins with surrendering our entire self to the one true God and worshiping and serving him alone. While forbidding all forms of idolatry or the adoration, worship, and service of other gods, the first commandment also commands us to rightly know God as he reveals himself to us in his holy word and creation. To love is to learn to trust the one true God alone. To love is to humbly, joyfully, patiently, and willingly submit to the triune God alone, including his holy law.
To love is to recognize that everything good in our lives is from God and to be grateful for such. To truly love is to fear and honor and adore God alone. In other words, no other creature or created thing must distract or dissuade us from knowing God rightly and living for his pleasure. Friends, this is where love begins. Love begins with rightly knowing God according to his self-revelation in the Bible. Love is love doesn't take this all-important truth into consideration. Love is love is actually idolatry because it is inventing a new kind of love that isn't love at all and replacing God with it. And it is quite sad to see the pain love is love creates in people's lives. Do you want to truly love people? If so, consider this simple thought. Direct your entire life to rightly knowing God through Christ by the Spirit and you will become more and more loving. Love begins with understanding God's love in the sending of His only Son as our redemption. Our love begins with God loving us by sending his own son as the propitiation for our sins. John said, we love because he first loved us. If you are to truly love your spouse, children, parents, church, friends, co-workers, etc., you must begin by receiving God's love in Christ by faith and experiencing the love God has for you in Christ. As God's love is poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit, God produces love in you for others. Depend on your God because God is love. I'm 17 short of my goal. On Apple Podcasts, I have 33 five-star ratings. I'd love to get to 50. I just need 17 of you to rate me on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, would you consider giving me a sincere five-star rating? This helps others find the podcast. Also, if you don't own a copy of the Heidelberg Catechism, consider going to smalltowntheologian.org and ordering a copy. They're only $3.99. So skip Starbucks one morning and buy a catechism instead. Thanks for listening. Thank you.